A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax. And think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is the Best Hang Podcast featuring Max Kerman, Shane Cunningham, and I am Mike. Beerman. Here's a secret you can pass it around. Here's a secret you can pass it around. My head in the clouds and two feet on the ground. Here's a secret you can pass it around. Alright. Welcome to the best hang podcast. We got Max, we got Shane, and I and Mike, Shane, do you want to describe what's going on with Max Kerman right now as he's rolled into this recording a little bit late? Like, what's happening on, on the Zoom screen? Well, for no apparent reason, Max is shirtless, which I, <laughs> I want to say this is a pod first. I feel like you flashed your belly to us before or your stomach, I mean. And uh, yeah, for some Thank reason, you. we had you lift up your shirt, but you just showed up shirtless. <laughs> And it's kind of a perfect framing because your nipples aren't even showing. It's just like you're it's like your TV shirtless. It's like you could go on like the news right now and it would be fine. And your hair is slicked back. You, there's a little bit like Razor Ramon action with the hair. It's, you have a lot of chest hair, too. You're eating a banana. What's what's going on? Max? What is going on? Oh, my goodness. I've been trying to jog more regularly, so. I want to get my jog in before the pod. So I just came back from the jog. Did you That's run it. shirtless? Are you are you in no, that good shape not. now? Of course <laughs> not. I would never do that. I would absolutely never do that. I despise those people who do it. Actually, it's funny. Every time I see a guy running shirtless, I take a photo and I'm and I want to send it to you. Or I don't take it a photo every time, but I think I take video. Photo. Yeah. Sometimes it, yeah, yeah, sometimes I do that too. But getting busted would just be so embarrassing. Like singer of Arkells busted filming shirtless runners uh, on the bridal yeah. path. And then yeah, the excuse wouldn't make any sense either. I'm like, no, no, you have to understand. It's like my friend Shane has this theory <laughs> about hot guys that, that once they you know get to a certain level of body fat, they just can't run with a shirt on. It's just like physically impossible. <laughs> a, a theory? It is 100% a fact. It's not a theory. It's, it's a it's proven true. scientific fact. That's what happens. Yeah. You know what? We should get some one of those guys on the pod. You know, one of these guys who runs shirtless. 
just interview them and get them to explain themselves on behalf of their tribe. You know, that would be awesome. Be quite a get like a total ambush. We act like we're bringing them on for something else. And then boom. <laughs> and then that POD song starts. <laughs> that MOD yes, song starts. MOD. <laughs> um, how are you holding up, Shane? You know, I was talking to um, director Mark Myers uh, in the car mm-hmm. yesterday, and uh, and he was just with, with you two yesterday on set for the sketch show. Yeah, and I was just thinking mm-hmm. about you guys, how you're holding up, because uh, you know you're used to long days and days on set, but uh, this is this is your baby, and you're you're running the whole thing, and it's not just like you know shooting a commercial for a fucking brand that you don't actually really give a shit about. <laughs> it's like, this is your thing. No, it's good. I do have a bit of a brain fog from doing it all day. I'm sure Mark does too. It's Max blowing his nose now. Um, <laughs> asks me a question, <laughs> then loudly blows his nose. Um, how you doing? I'm under the, I'm under the weather yeah. right now. <laughs> um, okay. Nathan will edit that sound out. Um, yeah. So y- you do get a bit of brain fog. You can get a little testy. You know, Mark yelled at me yesterday. If if we really want to. Uh, he did? Yeah. He told me to get oh, out of the room. The best. Mm. I was mm. like, get out of the room. What are you talking about? Why did he tell you get out of the room? It's a slight mischaracterization. He didn't yell at you. (laughs) It was a a slight moment of tension. We were, Mark and I were in sort of living room. We were shooting this in my place, this, this, uh, an element of this sort of sprawling sketch that's turned into a three day shoot. But we were, we were trying to lock down what the shooting schedule was for each room and how it was going to play out during the day. And then everyone was kind of getting into outfits and stuff, cast stuff in the other room. That's kind of where makeup was happening. And then Shane kind of came into the room to, to, help with like all of the, like, you know, what's the plan? How are we rolling? Contribute to what we were kind of figuring out creatively. But as he spilled in the noise from the room also tumbled into to the living room as we were trying to kind of like get this thing locked before we started shooting. And I think Mark thought that the party was spilling into sort of where the work was being done. And so he was like, yeah. can you do that in the other room? And then Shane was like, I'm coming here to join you guys to do the work. And Mark was like, yeah, uh, Shane, what was it from your perspective? So I get a wig on and it's funny because my wig, <laughs> was based off Mark Myers. So my wig is just blonde, short wig. So Mark doesn't know that. And Mark was like, I like that wig. I'm like, yeah, it's based off you. But uh, Mike's friend, Jimmy's there. He's graciously uh, for free showed up and he's um, not an extra. He has a very small featured role though, where he kind of hops out and says one line. But anyway, he's there hanging out and you have to treat people nice. You have to, you know, do a couple jokes, not too long, but if somebody does a joke, I, li- I like to not just ignore them and walk by. So I'm wearing a wig. Everyone's just seen the wig. And then I, I so I walk up the stairs, Alex sees me with the wig or whatever. And Jimmy's like, Oh, I bet she's going to want to get frisky with that wig. I'm like, Oh yeah, we just did it downstairs. <laughs> I, so I act like I just had sex with Alex downstairs while wearing the Mark Myers wig gets a huge laugh. Everyone then walks away, then they're gone. And then it's just me in the room. But this laugh was pretty big because I'm kind of funny, right? (laughs) But Mark's like, okay, everybody out of here. I'm like, oh, no, I just came here. He's like, out, out, just too loud. Mike and I are planning this. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm here to work on the show. But Mark got caught up in kicking me out, but that he realized I was the only person there all of a sudden. And I was like, OK. And I just sat on the couch quietly, but I had no more jokes. There was no more noise to be made. And uh, <laughs> I guess this is the spot where I'm going to air all my grievances. But uh, yeah, because we have like nothing else to talk about. I like that idea, too, 
that Mark couldn't take back his anger towards mm-hmm. you. He couldn't just like, you know, when you're like that far down the road, you're like, no, go. Yes. When, when he probably knew that you were welcome. You yeah. Know, I'm like, to, I'm part uh, of the show. Like I, I help <laughs> with this, but he's like out. Um, yeah. But other than that, I, I feel good about everything. That was the only little spot that was on my mind. How about you, Mike? How are you feeling? I feel, I feel good. I mean, it's like one of those, you know, it's the, they're long days and we're, it's such a labor of love and comedy is one of those things that it's like an alchemy. It's subjective. So there's like, just, you want to get it right. And so that's, everybody cares and everybody's trying and, you know, Mark is doing a million things too. Like I always sort of marvel at Mark's ability, his capacity, his bandwidth to sort of do multiple projects. Like I know he's going to Vancouver to do some exciting stuff. I don't know if we're allowed to talk about it. It might be, mm-hmm. might involve somebody on this podcast. Uh, oh, that's yeah, not Shane or I. <laughs> so it's like, you know, like, it's like, he knows he has that, but he's also here doing this 12 hour day at my place. Also like this other thing, it's like, we're all like, you know, it's my place is the set, which is, it's good and bad for these reasons. One it's like, it's, it's my house so we can control it. It's not a big deal. We know where everything is. We have, we control the timing, the set, the light, all that stuff is great. We are not emboldening anybody and it's free. The drawback is- We're trash we in the joints. Yeah, we also fucked the place up. <laughs> yeah. uh, Danica is not happy. No, the place is uh, fine. She was super cool. Uh, but the kids, we know there's like a ticking clock. We're like, mm. we're known as home at like from daycare at like right around five. Shane's got like Lucy's back in the picture. John's got a small kid, obviously with Josephine. So we're always kind of on that clock when we're in a domestic area. Like if we were off on some other set, it's like you just get home from work when you get home from work. But so there's that element. But this is kind of what's nice about making a show when it's sort of in the family is we went long, obviously. And once we realized we went long, we were like, shit, we need a plan sort of for the kids. And I'm fortunate enough to have a pool. So we kind of have a separate brainstorm. We're like, well, what are we going to do? Like, when's going to be home from daycare? Danica's got the baby. So either I have to kind of like leave set and just be on Winona duty or, and Shane's like, yo, he's like, Alex is at home with the kids. She'll come by. They can do a pool party. Wynn can hang with Lucy and Betty and Alex. John's like, yeah, it's like Sarah's just at home with Josephine. I'm like, Fuck it. Get all the kids here. Let's throw them in the backyard. Let's order some pizzas. And then we can finish shooting the sketch with Jill and Shane in the house. Smart. It ends up becoming this kind of really nice thing. And I don't know if you saw on Instagram, like Mark was sort of doing the media management after we had wrapped. And like all of a sudden he's swarmed by the little versions of me, Shane and John, like with our daughters, (laughs) basically just being like, what does that do? What does that do? So Mark just spent all day dealing with Shane, John and myself. And now he's literally (laughs) dealing with the four year old versions of us swarming him around the media station but you think it's more annoying <laughs> me or lucy <laughs> yeah well i hope he doesn't treat lucy the way he treats me but uh yeah. <laughs> he did tell her to get out actually when out. she came toward the, the yeah <laughs> you're not welcome here yeah. yeah um no but it was good it was good but it's like the days are the days are long max you know you shoot music videos all the time how often do they go according to schedule how often do you hit your time never yeah. and i get testy too i tell people to shut the fuck up move the fuck out of the way <laughs> fuck you fuck you yeah, <laughs> yeah they, what's the expression the the years the days are long but the years years are fast or something they say that with when you're growing up mm-hmm. raising kids but it's like that on a shoot mm. too it's mm-hmm. when you're totally. going through it there's a lot of like weird anxiety but then afterwards it's like those those were the days of our lives you know in a year from mm. now we're just going to look back with such uh reverence for it well i want to make actually uh, speaking of uh losing my cool i want to make a public apology on the podcast here because mm. uh i lost my cool the other day at a show in Newfoundland, and uh, wow. we we with did the three shows kid? in three days with what? the fiddler kid. 
<laughs> no, 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 that TikTok did very well though. I'll say that. Um, you know, we, we, we played Montreal on Saturday. We were there on Friday. I was just getting dust, dust in my throat and my lungs for two consecutive days on site at Coachella, not Coachella, Oshiega. Then we got on a bus right after our set on Saturday night. The bus drove nine hours to St. John, New Brunswick, played New Brunswick. Then we got on the bus, drove four hours to the Halifax airport, uh, got on the 5 a.m. flight to St. John's, Newfoundland. And the whole, and I couldn't speak. We had sound check probably at mm, 1 p.m. Uh, in St. John's at George Street. And I literally couldn't make a sound in my, so I was like the whole day, I was just like trying to see if I can get my voice back wow. to the show. Yeah, it really felt like, kind of like an athlete that has an injury or something like that. And you're like, okay, how do I, how do I like drug myself up enough mm-hmm. and get myself like ready for the game? So the whole, the whole afternoon I'm sort of doing like weird vocal exercises and like taking every kind of throat coat there is and Tylenol and this and that and this and that. So, um, we, uh, we're on stage and we're playing the set and I sound like shit. If I'm, if I'm honest, like I do, I don't sound great, but you know, I'm surrounded by the Northern soul horns. Everybody in the crowd seems happy to see the band. It's a beautiful night. It's like, you can't really complain. So, uh, there's, one moment though during the set where uh, I really wanted to get this shot of the crowd. It was like towards the end. And I saw uh, producer Nathan, mm. who's who's the Arkell's photographer uh, in the pit, you know, doing his job, taking photos. But I wanted the shot to be behind me, like the POV shot. Because, mm. you know, when I'm on stage, sometimes I'm uh, art, art directing. Yeah, and you yeah, want like, it to oh, look like, like, you put it on Instagram, it's like, look at the crowd I just played for. Exactly. And you can't get that shot if you're if you're in the mm-hmm. crowd. You're just seeing the band on a dinky little stage. So then I basically like pointed at Nathan. I was like, get the fuck on the stage. Wow. Move the fuck in the mic. The you said that? <laughs> I think so. Oh my God. No way. Really? The mic picked Something it up like that. Wow. And I like, I gave him the, like the point and then the yank with me, you know, point with your index, yank with your uh, thumb, mm. you know, one of those things. Yep. Yeah. And that's then, like, a, that's actually, I, get, I know you're not into being a parent, Max, but that's like an angry dad move. Yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing is he's the dad. He has two <laughs> children. Um, <laughs> and then Nathan got on stage and, um, and got the shot. Um, but I just want to, uh, publicly apologize to Nathan because Nathan did an exceptional job the entire weekend. And, uh, he, and I was only, uh, acting like that. Cause I felt like I was going to die and everything was like really, really hard. Like, like every part of the show, like, cause you know, when you're like under duress, you, you just do things out of character. Yeah, certainly. So that's my, that's my excuse. Yes. But, um, did you tell him like, yeah. Nathan, I only did that cause I thought I was going to die. And like, did you, does he uh, know? No, you know what? No, this, this is this is a testament to how great uh, a colleague Nathan is. Is that Nathan? He was the bigger person. He texted me like the next day, going, "Hey, sorry, we haven't had a chance to debrief. I'm really sorry I missed the cue, but I'm sure we'll talk about it." Like he took responsibility for it, mm-hmm. which he did not need to do. Mm-hmm. But you know, you want that kind of person yeah. on your squad all the time. You don't want the kind of person like Shane who goes. Huh? He yelled at me. Fuck that guy forever. <laughs> well, you know? Nathan could be like that in his private life. He'd be like, oh, now I got to fucking text this fucking guy. He's such a diva. Max, I'm sorry I was in the, you know, and then to you, he seems like, oh, he's such a sweetheart. But with his buddies, he's probably, you know, cursing you out. And this is me hanging with but my w- buddies. We just happen to be recording. But, you know, I tried mm-hmm. not the in front of Mark. I played it somewhat cool, I guess. Oh, yeah. You got in the, in the Mark kerfuffle between you two. That was very much. Um, 
because I was the only other one in the room. What was interesting is it's like you guys have so much history of that. Like, it's just mm-hmm. like you're so close that literally I'm just like, I don't need to say anything. They're going to do their thing for like this two minutes. It, it's going to have an awkward pause. And then we're going to go back to work. Mm-hmm. And it's like a mm-hmm. non thing. And then you move on. Um, Max, as far as you and Nathan, I'm so happy that you apologized to him publicly mm-hmm. because we know he's incredibly talented. He's incredibly gracious. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you had a moment, Max. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe not your... Yeah. You didn't cover yourself in glory in that moment. Yeah, I, yeah, not not the best version of myself. But I will say um, that, that when I when I screamed at Nathan on stage, uh, that, that was just because I was going out of my mind. But we did have a TikTok go viral from that show where I pretended to be mad, mm. and I wasn't actually mad. Did you have you seen this TikTok? No, I want to look at it. I have not. No, come on, it's at three million views. What? Shane, how did you miss Shane it? Shane was not yes. one of those three million. Jeez, Shane, I want, three million to, um, Let's see I want you to watch it right now. I'm watching it. Okay. Three million? Let me see here. Yeah. Oh, wow, it's, you're it's, blowing uh, up. Where is it? Okay. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. But, so but you can describe it. You describe it in real time as you watch it. Cool. And so, you can turn the volume up. Read my lips. You're talking to like a stage hand. You're telling him to read your lips. Don't you fuck it up. Don't you fuck it up. You're looking at him. The stage hand guy's looking at you like he's he might be willing to fight you. <laughs> Can you make out what I'm saying? You're saying don't fuck it up? Are you saying don't fuck it up, Tim? I'm saying don't fucking move. Oh. Don't you fucking move. Don't you fucking move. What is he doing right now? Okay, so the bit basically, and uh, you know, if you read the caption, mm-hmm. so basically the band, uh-huh. yeah, we have this this bit during knocking the door where we all freeze. It's like a tableau kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And then we just like freeze for a long time, for like over a minute, and and it happens at a, at this particular time after Tim does this big drum shot. Uh, Jordan, our drum tech, was dutifully uh, running on stage to pick up Tim's drum stick that he had lost and clean up some water on the floor. But he didn't realize that he happened to be in the middle of this bit. So it was this funny kind of moment where he was like kind of stuck in the middle of the performance. Like, because normally Mm -hmm. if it was like a normal part of the show, he could just run on stage. There's lots of movement. Every There's chaos happening. It's all good. But because he happened to like walk in the middle of a scene, (laughs) <laughs> he couldn't, but he couldn't leave the middle of the scene because everybody on stage was frozen. Kudos to the and, TikTok uh, people who recognized the scene and what was going on. Because I, I would not flag that as something that was going to go viral. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. well, I think it's. I really. I, I feels like I, I did a good job with the storytelling with the TikTok narrative that you know, needs to happen. Anyway, three million. <laughs> that's good. Don't like Mike said, comedy is subjective, and in this case, I'm out of it. But <laughs> that's awesome. And you're over a hundred thousand followers now. You're you're doing very well. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're in a good yeah. rhythm. A lot of hard work, but uh, but we did it. We got to hundred. I have 000. a question about when you are not feeling well on stage and your voice. You you just you're like ah oh, this show. I'm I'm in, I've inhaled a lot of dust. I don't want to sing. How often are you allowed to kind of point the mic at the crowd and let them sing? Can you do that for 80% of the show? (laughs) That would be funny as an experiment to see how much you could get away with it. How much you don't have to sing. Yeah, I tried to do as much as possible. Uh, And I did tell them I was feeling under the weather, so they had to pick up Mm -hmm. the slack, which they did. Did you uh, do the thing where you're like, you know, I'm not feeling well and... 
I could have easily, you know, we could have canceled the show, but I came. I'm here because I love you guys and I love performing. And then they'll go. <sighs> yeah, yeah, of course. Like we couldn't turn our back on George. We were going to cancel the show like all those other pansies that are canceling the show these days. <laughs> we're not like those babies. <laughs> we don't care. We, we could be coming here on one leg and we're still going to play. Mm. But um, oh, but I want to give a shout out uh, to Mike Veerman because mm. um, this is a little inside baseball. We, uh, you know, as, as the listeners of the pod might know, you know, I, I go to Mike for, uh, for stage banter advice. And I was like, all right, mm. we're playing our new French song in Quebec, Dance With You. I sing in, in French. And I really want to nail the intro because I want to get people really grooving for the song because it's probably like our danciest song we have. So I, so I call Mike and uh, Mike, what, what would you say, walk, walk us through where I started the conversation about like where I wanted the banter to go. And then you can tell me how you kind of capped it off and, and put it together. If you can recall. I'm trying to remember. This was like last okay, week. I, it was, yeah. You give me your message. Okay, so so yeah. basically I call Mike. So basically I'm like, I want to have a song where like I'm encouraging people to dance, dance like nobody's watching, you know, dance like I was like, I want you to dance like you're on another planet because when you're dancing on another planet, it's infectious. And then, and then we'd go right into the first chorus, which, which is everyone that I know want to dance with you. So I kind of want to just like set the scene of like, you're at a festival. I love walking around, seeing people who just like dance like they don't, no one's watching and they're having the best time of their life. They're, and I was like, and they're dancing like they're on another planet. You know, that kind of person at the festival that's dancing like they're on another planet. And, and, then, and then Mike, you kind of provided um, the connective line, which was because when you're feeling yourself like that, everyone that I know want to dance with you. Uh, what are you doing, Shane? Shane's taking well, a photo uh, of you shirtless. Just for social media. Just so we could have a two-second. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm not putting it on porn website. Um, <laughs> so but anyway, um, but uh, Mike had this very funny line uh, where he's like, uh, he's like well, my favorite thing about going to a festival or going to a show is seeing beautiful freaks Dancing like they don't give a fuck. <laughs> it's, 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 there's, there's always a there's always, when you go to festivals like Oceania, there's always one like or that. two individual people that are just they're raving mm -hmm. on their own. They never stop. Like that's what they're there for. That's like sort of the culture. And so when Max was like, I kind of want to like embody that. I want to sort of talk. I was like, just just empower those people. It's like you know, I love seeing these people. And then that we were joking. I was like, what can you call them? Oh, these beautiful freaks that are dancing and don't give a fuck. I'm like, because when you're feeling yourself like that, then he can go into the you sing the line, everybody that I don't want to dance with you. And then they, you know, I like it. It's, it's almost poetic in a way. I like it. I use the line and, and I think it really worked. I think, and that's going to be my oh, go-to line. It landed. Good. Yeah. But then here's my favorite thing is that somebody else took the audio from the TikTok that I used. Cause I posted the TikTok of me saying that line and then put their own funny video of them dancing. like freaks. <laughs> So maybe this, and then I used it again. So check it out. Um, oh, wow. This, so then wow. I used it for beautiful freaks. Dancing like they don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know the kind of person that is like dancing like they're on another planet? Do you guys know that person? The song. Anyway. Hey. Pretty good. Right? Yeah. Good delivery. Yeah. Well done, Max. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I was. <laughs> one sec, one sec. Let's see if I can find another version. Uh, where is it? Yeah, whatever. Anyway, that's the line. And uh, great job, Mike. Yeah. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh, Mike that. also named the rally court, too, which we were shooting at for the sketch show. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we want to segue right. how, how, how that go? went. So we shot at the uh, rally court, and you, I, I, I called you or texted you, Max, and I was wondering... What is the way, like, can we legally tell people that they can't play on the court? I mean, you made it <laughs> on happen. The court for- yeah, the, the court that you made that children can play at any time. Can we tell them yeah. in their summer break that there's a full day where no one can step foot on the court? <laughs> and, and you said, hey, just wear a vest. Wear like a, a crossing guard vest. And then you, Nathan, the guy you uh, yelled at, you gave me his um, address and I showed up and there was vests on the porch, picked him up. We know this trick too, yeah. because uh, we, we did a film, uh, we did a music video in Stony Creek and we needed to shut down the road for like a minute at a time. And if you just wear an orange vest, you can get cars to stop and do whatever you say. It's great. It's so true. It's there's a hierarchy. It's like police officer, then there's security guard, and then guy in vest lives somewhere in between, depending on who you are. So from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. worked like a charm. Anytime I walked up to somebody, they'd be like, whoa, 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 this seems serious. And I also had a pylon. People were respecting me going anywhere I wanted. I'm directing them. With the and we had a bunch of kids. There's a scene where there's a bunch of kids uh, singing like a, a choir person. It's basically a music video that we're shooting. Mike wrote this hilarious like rap song that has a part. The oh, chorus yes, has uh, kids singing. So it's quite the production. And we, we couldn't afford to have this day be ruined. And the day goes long as they always do on a film set. But after five is when people come out who actually don't like authority. So the vest ah. works against you because now it's like, <laughs> fuck you. People, and a guy told me to fuck off. Like I walked up to him and I'm like, hey, just to let you know, we're, we're shooting a little something here. He goes, I don't give a shit. Fuck you. I'm like, ah, OK. I uh, wasn't expecting that answer. I go, um, Max Kerman from our <laughs> I go, Arkells, he built the court and he's everybody, produced. Everybody, yeah. everybody that Shane came into contact with when I, when I would hear him, because Shane was loving the vest. So what yeah. happens like Shane's like the star of this show. You know what I mean? He's he's he's, he's literally leading this thing yet. Yeah, just like 
a guy that like in a company that does every role, I actually, I think he just started to enjoy the power, but anytime <laughs> someone would come to try and play, Shane would just, he's like, I got it. And he would like walk up and he was like, Hey, sorry, we're shooting a thing here today. You know, Max Kerman, he built this court. Uh, he's in Arkells. Uh, this is, he's sanctioned this thing. And I, I kept hearing Max Kerman from Arkells every time he would talk to someone, but it fucking works. They go, okay, cool. And then yes. they would move on. But at the end, that that's this guy comes and he, he's, he's shirtless like you, Max. And he, he's, he's got a bike. So he came a distance. He rode his bike. And so I go mm. into my spiel about how Max Kerman built the court and he's producing the sketch show. And he goes, I know. He goes, that's why I'm here. I read about it. And he's, he's like, that's why I came here. And he points at his bike. I'm like, okay, I'm not asking you to leave. I'm just letting you know. He goes, yeah. I'm going to fucking shoot around. I'm like, okay. And I'm just <laughs> terrified of this man. And we're painting Jillian in all red. Cause she's supposed to blend in with the rally court for a scene. She's supposed to essentially be the, the free throw line. It's, it's kind of like a, mm. a Missy Elliott vibe where she becomes a part of the court and sings the chorus as, as yeah, a okay, bit yeah. of the paint. Uh, but anyway, that guy eventually left huge weight off my shoulders. We let him play a full game. He wore himself out. He was actually an amazing player. He had a lot of hustle and he he was beating like smaller children, but still he was really good. Good hustle. He was like 35. <laughs> but then when we bring Jill over, it's like a, it was a 50 50 split where half the people were like, whoa, it's a superhero. This is cool. It felt like a real shoot because she was in full red body paint. But then some six year olds started coming up and they go, this is a public court. You can't shoot here. You can't take it over. So I'm like, uh, you know, Max Kerman from <laughs> they knew the six year olds knew the six year olds. <laughs> six year olds are telling me it's a public court. And I wasn't anticipating that. I'm like, they're not going to know who our Kells are, but I still use the line. I'm like, the guy who built this court is producing a show and we just need 15 minutes. They go get him on the line. They go, we want to talk to him. I FaceTimed you without missing a beat. I go, I will. I'm FaceTiming him right now. Get ready to talk to him. And I hold it up. Get him on the line. But you don't answer. But I keep trying to call you and I'm wasting enough time, like pretending that I might be able to get you on the line, that we were able to get the shot. And then we mm. were done. And then I gave them some basketballs and it was cool. Oh, but then you called me back. Kids yeah. who know their rights. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. <laughs> um, yeah, it was uh, it was an awesome day. Actually, to start the day, uh, uh, we met some, some pod listeners. So we'll give them a shout out, uh, Mike mm. and, and Cohen, uh, which was cool. You know, they did some photos. They're excited. Um, so I'm sure they'll be listening to this episode, but, uh, yeah, at the park. early, they were, we, they we were got there, there at shooting around 30 and yeah. there was people shooting around. So I'm thinking this is going to be a long day. I'm That vest is going to have to come in handy. I don't know if they're going <laughs> to listen to me, but the second I walked up to this man and this was a full grown man, uh, I'm like, I'm going to have to ask him to leave. But he's like, Shane, he's like, I, I saw Mark over there. So and then I see you. So I knew something was going on. So that was very easy. We got <laughs> photos awesome. with them. That's great. And yeah. So kudos. Yeah, that guy. I think his name was Mike, too. Right. No, that's that's what I'm talking about. The, the Paul listener, Mike. And yes. then I, I think it was his son, Cohen. They were shooting around in the morning. And uh, yeah, it was just great uh, talking to them. But um yeah, what a time. I actually did have a subject. We haven't done subjects in a long time mm. on this podcast. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not quite sure what the subject is, but I found the it to be an interesting subjects. story. It's, uh, it's a subject. Uh, 
I thought it was an interesting story because one, it's an older story and I did not, uh, I wasn't aware of this story until it popped in to like my feed. I got it as like a feed. It was like an old Vanity Fair piece or something, but essentially let me know if you guys have heard about this. Have you guys mm-hmm. heard about Anthony Hopkins writing a fan letter, uh, to Brian Cranston about breaking bad? No. Okay. No. So th- this pops up in like a Facebook thing or whatever. And I'm like, oh, this isn't actually like. Anthony Hopkins didn't actually write a letter and like, why would it be public? So like I start reading the letter. I'm like, Anthony Hopkins did not write this letter. I look it up. All of it is 100% legitimate. So what happens is just grammatical (laughs) errors everywhere. Yeah. Uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins, I guess, like all of us, he's a fan of of drama, of television, movies, whatever. He binges uh, uh, Breaking Bad, uh, just like one of us. And after a binge session, he writes, Brian Cranston, Dear Mr. Cranston, I wanted to write you this email, so I am contacting you through Jeremy Barber. I take it with, uh, I, I, I take it we are both represented by UTA, great agency. I've just finished a marathon of watching Breaking Bad, from episode one of the first season to the last eight episodes of the sixth season. Uh, I downloaded the last season on Amazon, <laughs> a total of two weeks addictive viewing. I've never watched anything like it. Brilliant. I mean, this letter goes on. You don't want me to read Mm -hmm. the whole thing, do you? Wow. A little bit more. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Your performance as Walter White was the best acting I have seen dash ever. I know there is so much smoke blowing and sickening bullshit in this business, and I've sort of lost belief in anything really. But this work of yours is spectacular. Absolutely stunning. What is Mm. extraordinary is the sheer power of everyone in the entire production. What was it? Five or six years in the making, how the producers, yourself being one of them, the writers, directors, cinematographers, every department, casting, etc., managed to keep the discipline and control from beginning to uh, to the end. Uh, and as I'll use this word again, awesome. From what started as a black comedy, descended into a labyrinth of blood, destruction, and hell, it was like a great Jacobian, Shakespearean, or Greek tragedy. Mm. Uh, I mean, we're so close to the end now. If you ever have the uh, if you ever have the chance to, would you pass on my admiration to everyone? Anna Gundy Norris, he names the whole cast. The list is endless. Thank you. That kind of work artistry is rare, and when once in a while it occurs, as in this epic work, it restores confidence. You and all the cast are the best actors I have ever seen. Mm. That may sound like a good lung full of smoke blowing, but it is not. It's almost midnight out here in Malibu. And I felt compelled to write this email. Congratulations and my deepest respect. You are truly a great, great actor. Best regards, Mm -hmm. Tony Hopkins. Well, you read the whole thing there, Mike. I I did. Well, once I started, maybe maybe the listeners tuned out, but- this is from Sir Anthony Hopkins. That's got to be quite an amazing mm-hmm. uh, a letter for Brian Cranston to receive, you know, uh, mm-hmm. not even a peer, somebody who is much older, who is more decorated, uh, special indeed. So you might ask, Max, you have a look on your face. What were you going to ask? No, no, no. I'm ready for your question. How does this letter get into our, the public's possession. How am Mm. I able to read, which is, you know, if you're Anthony Hopkins, it's a pretty gushing letter, Mm -hmm. which, you know, it was late in Malibu. Maybe it had a couple Chianti's. I don't know, but it's like you send this to Brian Cranston. Well, it's like, okay. So Brian Cranston has equivalent to a manager Ash. So let's say Brian Cranston's (laughs) max here. And I don't know. Michael Jordan sends Max a letter. You think that's not ending up in some public publication instantly? He's going to talk about it on the podcast. Then it's going to be on the news. Then news people are going to want to see the actual email. And then it's in Vanity Fair. That that has to be how it happens. Right, Max? I think so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that sounds like a savvy manager, you know, just 
quietly, you know, leaks are part of entertainment, right? It's like, whether it's in sports or whether it's in entertainment, you know, it's like people, people got to get the information out there, you know? Well, dear listeners, I have the answer because Ooh. I wanted to know. And I was like, how does Anthony Hopkins feel about this? I, I, I you know, cause he's obviously a prideful guy. He's been decorated at the highest level. And he's like, oh wow. This kind of like letter that I sent to this actor like is nothing sacred. Like this isn't, like, I don't know if it's embarrassing or not, but if I was Anthony Hopkins, I'd be like, well, shit, I guess nothing's private. So because this is old, I was able to look it up. Anthony Hopkins is, as you would expect, super pissed off and disappointed that this ended up online. He's been asked about it since. He said, it is the mm. last time I will ever reach out like that to anybody. See, I wouldn't expect he was that. Like, oh. <laughs> he, goes, uh, he goes, I didn't think that that would happen. So it's like, now he's got to talk about Breaking Bad for the last couple of years in these interviews. So mm. how it had happened is Brian Cranston ends up speaking about it on the record. And so Brian said, listen, He's like, this was forwarded to me. It was so, so, so touching. It was like, you know, the honor of a lifetime, but he named everyone in the cast. And I thought, listen, because Brian is like, it mm. seems like a very inclusive guy. He's like, I'm not, it's not my work. Making a show is very collaborative. The cast needs to see that Sir Anthony Hopkins named almost the whole cast by name. And mm -hmm. so what he did was he forwarded it to his, his cast. What happened mm. is the guy that plays Gomez or Gomi, uh, who is like, a real tertiary character. I guess he posted this somewhere ah. after he posted it. The guy that plays <laughs> skinny Pete, <laughs> who is even more of like a sort of only shows up once every six episodes, got so excited that skinny Pete posted it to his Facebook. That screenshot from the Facebook, I guess mm. skinny Pete's Facebook makes the, the letter go yeah, viral. That's the problem because older people are on Facebook. So Hopkins, if it was on TikTok or Instagram, <laughs> would be fine. But once it gets on Facebook, that's probably all he checks. Yeah. So the letter in its entirety became public because Cranston shared it with the cast. Cranston had to say, you know, I know Anthony wasn't happy. I was naive. <clears throat> I didn't realize that the, this kind of thing could happen. So he had apologized to Hopkins. Hopkins in an interview said some idiot cast member had shared it. That is why it is out in public. I never intended mm. for that. And this mm. is the sort of kerfuffle that came out uh, about it. But what a fascinating sort of stupid little thing that uh, caught my attention for 20 minutes the other day. That's, uh, that's excellent. Um, I'm trying to think if uh, there's, there's uh, my, uh, my Anthony Hopkins moment. Mm -hmm. um, we'll all go around the table and share uh, their <laughs> Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm curious to know if you're the Anthony Hopkins here or you're the Brian Cranston in, in this scenario. Oh, well, I mean, I, I like to think I send uh, nice notes to to peers and people I look up to and stuff. Um, but I got a really nice, uh, long, very long text text message from Ron McClain mm. after uh, after uh, the Budweiser stage show last year. And I, I, I won't read it here, but I, I've read it to people because it reads exactly like the way Ron McClain talks on television. Oh. And it is, it is just the greatest. Uh, like, so just imagine... Ron McClain doing like an opening monologue and that's his description and review of an Arkell show at Budweiser stage. It was, <laughs> oh, it was so good. Really, really good. Um, but, but Max, would you forward it? And how, how careful are you about forwarding screen grabs or attachments in general? Are you like, I don't forward shit or are you like, ah, I have trusted <clears throat> people I send stuff to. I'm, I'm probably a little too loosey. Max doesn't give a honest. shit. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you hey, uh, Anthony Hopkins of, story though we can't how do we miss an Anthony Hopkins story that's how we know you're you've got a lot of stories Max with famous people oh no he was saying that was the the the, the, the oh, who's your version I of version actually had no, no. an Anthony Hopkins story no, I see no 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 oh, you no, met Dr. No. J though 
recently. How, I didn't, how, yeah. how do we skip oh, that? Yeah. I, I need to know about it. Yeah, it was yesterday, actually. Um, but uh, actually, before we get there, um, I just want a, a quick shout out uh, to Aaron Goldstein, who listens to the pod. We are in a separate text group. Shane, you're in the part, part of the group, uh, Podcasters. Yes. Uh, which is uh, a pod, is a, is a text group, as is an appreciation text group for this is important. So basically, Sean Dawson, Aaron Goldstein, Unsworth, Matt, Matt Unsworth, Ash, you, me. I think that's about it. Uh, just have a text. I, group uh, we've talked about this on the pod before, and I am stealthily in the group uh, because oh, I think it. when it when it was created, I think it was just assumed that I listened to the uh, what's it? What's the podcast this called? Is this is the thing. Uh, this is this important. is important. Yeah. Uh, and the truth is, I will pop into that podcast only when something you guys say in the group. I'm a non-participant mm. member of the group, but I read it. Obviously, yeah. I read all the messages. So when something is particularly funny about what you guys are talking about. That is when I will jump into that podcast, but I'm not a regular listener, but I, I'm observing. So basically, um, Aaron Goldstein is at a bar in Vancouver and he texts everybody and he says, um, I'm in Vancouver and Durs just walked into the bar solo. Do I tell him about the group text or do I allow him to enjoy his life? And I woke up to go to the bathroom. It's three in the morning. I look at my phone I'm, and I respond immediately. You got to tell him. And then Goldstein goes, I opted to be chill and just tell him I love the pod. And I got a very chill, straight face, low peace sign in return. <laughs> then outside a meth head charged at me with his fist cocked. And then he suddenly turned and kept walking. It's a night I'll never forget. <laughs> and then and then he's like, I couldn't punish. It's against everything I stand for. Like he didn't want to be a punisher. Um, so what do you think, Shane, what do you think Goldie should have done? You need to get a photo with him. Mm -hmm. I think, just for the yeah. Group. Um, it's, See, I... Yeah. So here's the question though. It's like what Aaron would have done. And then what we would have done, I think is the question. And what Aaron did do, I related to very much. That is exactly mm -hmm. how I would have played it because I'm just like, I don't know. I don't want to be the guy that bothers him. So I may, I, I might not even have said anything. I might've just kind of left and played it too cool. We saw Michael Che though. And what's his, uh, the other guy. And you were pretty yeah, yeah, wanting jost. to get a photo though. And we were at a bar. I think a, I got a photo with Blake Griffin. Remember that? You that did was a photo the one with I, Jost, I, I, Colin Jost. We did, and, we did yeah. do the photos, but I thought you were talking to them. I, I felt like I was kind of like. I was scared to ask for the photo. You wanted to get it. I think I asked for you. You, Yeah, you did. But because uh, I was scared because I, I didn't want to do it. Well, once it was taken, I'm yeah. going to get in the photo. I got to prove that I'm alive. Oh, did you but, not um, get one for yourself? I don't think so. No. I think the only photo I have is was the three of us. Okay. But I could be wrong. I could, I, you know, it was late. But I, anyway, I, I would say that like, I think the photo thing is the smart thing to do. It's fun. It's like, why not? What does... You know, I, I'm sure Durs was cool with it, but I related more to what Aaron would have done. So I am fascinated to know, Shane, what do you do in that situation late at a bar? You see Durs. Yeah, I, I just want a, some sort of social proof to post online. And I feel like talking <laughs> can be more annoying at a bar. And that's more intrusive yeah. in a way. A photo, no mm. flash. Durs isn't like Brad Pitt, where if you take a photo, it's going to tip a lot of people off and then it's going to annoy him. Uh, but yeah, that, I would just turn, to take a quick photo, say love the pod and leave. Where sometimes people just want to chat it up and that can be more annoying than mm -hmm. anything. Yeah. Well, that actually That's brings actually us to the third point. member of our podcast. Max, what would you have done if you had saw Durs in that situation? Um, I would have tried to establish that I'm a big shot as of well. Um, <laughs> like I'm, that I'm not a normie. Uh, I would have said something like, hey, we're in Vancouver. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, we're in town. We're playing at the arena next door. Um, and then I would have thought about like who are mutual friends we might have. I'm like, oh, I would have been like, 
Bruce McCullough. I'm actually an EP on a sketch show with Bruce, good friend of mine. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I would, oh, you know, uh, Tim McAuliffe. It starts yeah. kind of Oh, I just shot a stuff. music video with Will Forte. Do you know him? I think. Yes, yes. Mm. Yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I pull up my phone. Basketball fan. Mm. Ever heard of Nick Nurse? You know, just start saying stuff. And then, and then hopefully he, uh, he takes it seriously. Yeah. That's and, a leg uh, up. Yeah. Then you, yeah. Then you get a photo, but, uh, yeah, I, I would have, I would have definitely talked to him. I have to, I mean, the, that show, that podcast, I, I probably listened to about six hours of it this weekend. Um, just while I was bored in my hotel room, but, uh, you go back and listen to old episodes. No, nah, there's a few that I'd missed. So I was kind of just making ah. sure that I listened to every single minute of it. But, uh, but yeah, this, uh, yeah, I did uh, meet Dr. J, though, uh, as part of the Nick Nurse Foundation. Back to your earlier question, Shane. Hey, and, wait uh, a second. I saw, mm-hmm. uh, you, it was a big golf tournament, right? Wasn't there a big golf yeah. tournament? I saw mm-hmm. that Kyle Lowry was at, but he came into town to, for the golf tournament. Kyle was there, yeah. Did you chat it up it with was, um, Lowry, Raptors legend? No, so basically the way it worked was on Tuesday night, we had like a board of directors, board of governors, whatever the board is called that I'm a part of. That includes Dr. J, Nick Nurse, Nick Nurse's brother, his buddy, Frank. Um, we had it at this guy Fitzy's place. And Fitzy's like a, a very successful businessman. He used to be a Team Canada soccer player. But it, but he also, you might recognize him because he sits with Drake sometimes on courtside. He's like, oh, yeah, he always wears uh, guys. fancy shoes. Sorry? He wears um, like uh, hype shoes or whatever. Like they're very fancy yeah. shoes. Like he's a very um, recognizable courtside fan. If you watch a lot of Raptors, you recognize this guy. It's it's like he goes like super fan, and then like that guy is like another one of the dudes that's always courtside. Totally, and uh, and he's a really nice guy. And his you know the place is like you know the nicest place you've ever seen in your life. And um, but it was it was just, it was a funny scene like walking in there, and because uh, it's just like you know. A bunch of alpha dogs just hanging out in uh, <laughs> hanging out together. There's, you know, there's Dr. J, NBA legend. There's Nick Nurse, championship winning coach. There's Fitzy, successful billionaire guy. You know, it's like, and then there's me. You know, <laughs> uh, waiting for it. Uh, eight time Juno. Net net worth? How much, Shane? Twenty mil. 20, <laughs> which is not true. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's a funny one uh, in those situations. Cause like you want people, sometimes like, you know, Nick acts like I'm Bono, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, during the party, cause more people showed up at, the, at this house. Cause it was like a fundraising dinner before the golf event. And um, Nick, all he wanted to do was sneak away with me to the grand piano in the room, like far mm-hmm. away. And, and we did that for about half an hour. Everyone was like, where did Nick go? <laughs> and uh, just and he was just playing piano for a while. But you want people to know at the party, like, because I'm always like, sometimes they treat me like I'm a big deal, which I'm not. But then also sometimes if they don't know me and they act like I'm a nobody, I'm not that either. No. Right. So I, I want to be recognized just in the in the right way. Um, but it was, it was a good get together. I did, I opted not to play golf the next day, uh, because I don't care about golf and, uh, I've never really played golf before. That makes sense. Uh, Shane, have you, have you golfed? Uh, I went once with Matt McPeak and it was probably the worst day of my life and our, the worst day of our friendship. <laughs> we did not like each other that day. Sean Dawson was supposed to show up too, but when you're a good golfer and you're playing with a guy who's never played before, and there's people mm. behind you and you're carrying your own bag. 18 holes can take seven hours. 
Yeah, yeah you got to go to the long. range. You go to the range if you're doing that sort of thing. You don't. You shouldn't hit a golf course for your first time. Yeah. So anyway, I showed up for the reception afterward. Uh, Kyle was there, but he had to leave. He had to. He was sort of like recognized, and then he had his backpack on and he hit the road. Uh, but it was great. Yeah, Doctor J was super nice. Actually, like for a guy who meets a million different people and is traveling, has lived a crazy life. He uh, he's he's very kind of interested in other people, which I got to give him credit for. Like he asked questions of others and was kind of curious about you know, the new people he was meeting, uh, which I thought was a really nice quality about, about the doc. And, uh, yeah, super fan was there. Um, oh, but I got, I want to give a shout out though, that maybe the person who I was most excited to meet and he will be a future podcast is ESPN's, uh, Tim Bontemps. So, uh, I just, and I listened to Tim. Hoop Collective. On, yeah. Yeah. I listened to Tim on Zach Lowe's pod the other day and he came up and introduced, introduced himself to me because no, he's like, Hey, really? I'm a, yeah, he's like, hey, I'm a fan of Arkells because Nick Nurse won't stop talking about you. And if you ever want to come on the pod with Wendy and I, I'd love to I'd love to have you on the pod. I was like, hey, listen, I have a pod. We want you to come on the pod. And he's like, I'm in whenever you guys want. And then your brother Greg is there. And he goes, Greg. And he and, and he and Greg look like the oldest of pals. I'm like, what? Greg, how do you know Bontemps? Yeah. And then he's like, this is I'm, I'm my like you know Greg? I know. And then I put my arm around Greg. I'm like, Greg, this is my old, this is my roommate. The like Greg and I live together and, and he's like losing it. And and like, yeah, Tim couldn't be more friendly. So we're going to get Tim Bontemps on this pod. So I think out of all the people I met this weekend, I think I was most excited to meet Tim Bontemps, which was very cool. Hmm. Wow. We have to Google who that is. <laughs> um, that's exciting. He, he, I mean, ESPN's that's like exciting. Eastern. Can't wait to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> well, but no, but you know, Mike, I did give you a shout out. I said on the pod, Greg's brother, Mike is the most knowledgeable basketball fan that we know. So we will have like a real, real deal conversation. Well, it's because I, I listen to Tim Bontemps on all the basketball pods. It's funny. You know, we talk about all these things that are exciting, but like of all of the stories you've told Max and all of your adventures, I just got the most excited about the fact that you met <laughs> Tim Bontemps and it turns my brother knows Tim Bontemps because he's a part of my day, like my daily routine. It's so funny I know, how I that know. happens. And it's like actual famous, you know, people in the world of entertainment. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. But it's like Tim Bontemps, like just this basketball writer that lives in the New York area, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. It's like, you met Dr. J. Yeah, he was cool. But Tim Bontemps. <laughs> I've never seen this man in my life. I just Googled him. Yeah. This is a real yeah. guy. Okay. <laughs> He's coming on the pod. Awesome. Yeah. Well, something Exciting. to look forward to for everyone. But we we have to go to a, a meeting right now, Mike. We do indeed. So that is it. That is all. That's our episode. Thank you so much for listening, Max. Go get a shirt before uh, you catch a cold. Uh, Shane, I guess I'll see you in two minutes on the other meeting. Thank you so much to our listeners. Thank you to Nathan Nash. Don't take Max's shit, even if he's having a bad day. Uh, it was nice to hear Max apologize to you. Thank you for all you do. Thank you to Manager Ash. Uh, guys, it's been a great hang. Maybe the best. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.